You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of No Other Pod. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, along with my good buddy, Daniel Kuzer. And Dan, we have an actual real-life 2024 MLS regular season game to talk about this episode. Listen, uh, let's get excited when we win a game in the next 10, okay? I'm not trying to repeat history. I, I'm I'm scared. Yeah. I got concerns. Also, some bright spots we'll probably talk about. Yeah. And uh, something I want to mention real fast. We didn't talk about this on the pot, but something that lives rent-free in my head to this very day is Willie Gay on the streets of Kansas City talking <laughs> talking to that reporter going we own vegas baby yeah shirtless and no shoes it's it's my favorite and i've been saying baby a lot it's just <laughs> willie gay style <laughs> you got your, your super bowl champion sweatshirt on i see came in came in the other day man also got a magnet and a garden flag that's reversible it's it's back to back you know garden flag we're garden flag people it's fun to fun to change those out and show your uh fandom for different things do you have a uh, a garden gnome to go with your garden flag? Are you a garden gnome person? We don't have any gnomes, but uh, my wife's listening, so we're probably getting a gnome now. I mean, I've seen little Chiefs garden gnomes. Sure. They got sporting ones. They got the whole whole shebang. I'm not trying to go to Travelocity, though. I don't need to talk about their you guarantee. Gotta, you got to get the little garden gnomes, and then you got to get the little welcome mat that you put in front of your front door that says gnome, sweet gnome. Too much, dude. <laughs> Too much now. You're going to have the gnome guy. Yeah, well, you know. Trying Everyone's to uh, have a brand. Yeah, we're just a garden flag guy. It's fine. <laughs> we're fine with that. <laughs> Speaking of garden flags, so this, we're going to obviously talk about the games and such, but did you see, I saw there was a little discourse going around because other clubs are starting to send out their season ticket member gifts because typically as, you, you know, sporting season ticket members know, you get a scarf every year. And there's been some questions about like, you know what? Okay, we get a scarf. Like, is there anything else that we can do? St. Yeah. Louis City, I saw... They sent out like full size flags, and Whoa. Um, they they even came with like the little rivets in the corners and such for people to hang from different places and such. And I saw that there was there was some uh, even crossing into the SKC fan base. There were some people that were like, "That's kind of cool. That's different. It's not just the same type of scarf deal." So if you were to get like a, a a flag that you could fly outside your house that had the crest or whatnot or said season ticket member, that'd be that'd be a cool gift for you. No hell yeah. I mean, I you know season ticket member gifts. They are what they are, right? You can't buy every season ticket member like a forty dollar hoodie or something. You know, you just can't. It's it's not I mean, it's not sustainable. I do think it was the Dynamo. I want to say a handful of years back that sent every season ticket member a replica jersey. That's pretty dope. So that's uh, that's very dope. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. I I don't know what they could do to make it. Uh, you know, there's been there's been questions about season ticket uh, experiences. Yeah. And how how the the early bird early renewal rewards don't really uh, excite people anymore. They're all kind of the same, you know. And really, it's yeah. the same kind of food. And if you have dietary restrictions, you can't eat any of it, anyways. Yeah. Um, sounds like I'm speaking from experience over here. <laughs> but it's, it's just, like all that vegan stuff. Yeah, I, it'd be you know it'd be dope. It'd be if uh, if you had your seat for so long, like maybe they'd offer to like like I don't know etch your name onto it on the bottom or something like oh, that'd be kind of funny if you like committed to a few years i don't know that'd, that'd be silly well i mean there are places that do like personal seat licenses which i'm not by any means advocating that sporting kansas city do because that's basically right. paying a fee to have the right to purchase tickets but let's say you've been a season ticket member for i don't know three seasons five seasons or whatever or a decade or you, you know? sign a like you said you sign a multi-year agreement they could do something that's kind of cool where like you have like a little um, sort of, you know, interchangeable nameplate or something that you could like screw into the back of the seat where it says like Daniel Kuzer, Marissa Kuzer or whatnot that like all you'd have to do is unscrew it, put it in. But like that way, that's your season ticket. I mean, you've had the same season tickets now for what, a few years? You know, so years. You're getting to that. Obviously, point. you're asking someone to go do like more work that right. wasn't already being done. And, but you know, they always try to cut their costs and everything and save money and, uh, Screw the consumer. No. Physical stuff. Uh, but I don't know. I'm just spitballing because I, you know, it, it, 
this is, and obviously we're going to talk about the game and such, but it, it every time a season starts, there's always a, a new conversation about fan experience. And sure. there were some tweets going around, and I, I saw one, and I, I even kind of retweeted it where um, it was a, a, a person who is affiliated um, with the Seattle Sounders fan base, and they retweeted a video of the Charlotte FC uh, supporters group jumping up and down and going crazy. I, I believe it was the, the song Peppas, which is a, a sort of like a, a Latin hip-hop song. Um, but it, it looked really cool. And he was like, um, you know, this is something that, you know, I think even uh, the Emerald City supporters, which are the Sounders fan base, um, desperately needs more more juice, new chance, and a culture shift. And, and I kind of was like, you know, I've heard similar sentiments about the cauldron. I have not sat in the cauldron in a number of years myself. but um, And that seemed to resonate with a lot of people in the Sporting KC fan base that, you know, the supporters' atmosphere is not what it was 10 years ago. And there may be a multitude of reasons for that. It's not all on the cauldron. It's not all on the club. It's a conglomeration of various different reasons. But um, I don't know. I think it would be interesting. I think the club... Um, is, is hopefully trying to come up with new ways to energize the fan base and, and the cauldron now has some new leadership and hopefully the new leadership can find ways to sort of help do almost a cultural reset in the cauldron to make new people feel welcome, make it feel exciting and fresh again. Yes. Yes. And while you were saying all that, you had me looking up the song Pepas and uh, I, I didn't, I had an idea of what the song was in my head. Didn't know that's what it was called. Sure enough. You know, absolutely the song i was thinking of yeah uh, da, 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 da. yeah it's a good song yeah. oh it's a great song uh yeah. dude supporters were singing that at uh oh my god it might have been austin fc uh like probably or maybe it was miami one of those i don't know it was wild speaking <laughs> of austin fc will bruin who played for austin fc for a year said that austin has a soft mentality and oh, that's boy. why they're not getting the results that they 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 need to get so where's he playing now Oh, good. That, I, you know what? I should have been prepared for that question. And well, I yeah, was not. He's all over the place these days. Did he retire? He might have retired. Will Bruin um, is a former professional soccer player. So yeah, he doesn't he doesn't play anymore. Hmm. He's most known for his time with uh, probably Houston and then the, the Seattle Sounders, and then he played last year with with the uh, Austin FC. But yeah, Will Bruin soft mentality. South wild. You know, he's uh, uh was born in St. Louis. I did know that. Yes. Pretty wild. Good old Missouri boy. Yeah. So, well, let's uh, let's get into um, a little bit of, of what happened here. Now, before the game actually started, we learned some information about Sporting Kansas City's roster. That Most of it is, is somewhat technicality and, and a little bit innocuous and, and probably semantics, but I do want to get into it just a little bit. Um, it, they announced the, the official 2024 uh, roster composition. I thought you were going to say, we learned that it's the exact same roster as <laughs> last year. <laughs> That's I mean, what we learned. Yes and no. <laughs> to an extent, it by and large is. Um, but the thing that's interesting that I, you know, I've seen some people mention, but but it really just is a, a semantics things thing, um, is who the designated players are for Sporting Kansas City this year. If you look at Sporting Kansas City's roster, um, the designated players for 2023 are Alan Polito, Daniel Shallowy, and Nemanja Radoya. And that's interesting because um, Shallowy and Radoya, I don't think are, are two players that um, would typically pop out on the roster as like DP level players. This is just a semantics thing. Um, they Sporting Kansas City can buy down um, one of them to open up another designated player spot. The reason they have to list three designated players the way they do is because if they want to use the full complement of U22 initiative spots, which are currently Volader, Logan Ndembe, and Marino Shanice, which more to talk about there, uh, they have to use all three designated player spots. So it is what it is. That's largely a semantics deal. Um, and, and so there's that. Um, I think they said there are four players currently using international roster slots, Agata, Zoran Basong, Tim Leibold, and Alinas Vargas. And so I believe there's at least one other international spot that Sporting Kansas City could use. So having one open international spot and one open des- designated player spot that can be used on the same player, I don't know. Just keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens. So Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Now the other... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on. Keep going. No, I was just going to... The other interesting thing we learned is that, uh, I don't know, Marino Janice. He uh he did not travel with the senior team. 
he played with Sporting Kansas City too. And I feel like this, I don't know, this might be a make or break year for him because it seems like Steven Afrifa has left him on the winger depth chart. So I'm not really sure what's going on with him. And I'm not entirely upset about that because the man looked a little hungry last night, Steven Afrifa. So, uh, dude, I'm on my bullshit. MLS yeah. has begun. There was a lot of soccer this week, mm-hmm. and I tried to consume it all. It has been a wild time. My television and I are very good friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have one gripe. Okay. I don't think Miami should have kicked off the season. I think mm-hmm. the first game of the season should have been the first game of Saturday, which was the defending MLS Cup champions, Columbus versus Atlanta. I think it's, you know, the champions should kick it off, but yeah. they're not going to do that because Apple TV has Lionel Messi and yeah. they're, you know, sucking on him, kissing on him. They, they love him. They love him. Well, which which is interesting because if you uh, saw what MLS Commissioner Don Garber said this week, um, he was asked about uh, the league and and um, sort of the state of things and and how uh, Messi has changed the momentum of the league, etc. And here here's a quote from from Don Garber that he said to the Sports Business Journal: "Quote: It's easy and somewhat lazy for reporters to just write about Messi. It's like writing about Taylor Swift." There's so much more here that I think people need to recognize. So there he's saying Messi is in the same conversation as Taylor Swift. Absolutely not. Well, the way I took it, it won. He's coming at Taylor Swift, which look, Don Garber. Don't do it. Don't don't make the Swifties mad. It will it will be bad for you, Don. Right. Uh, this I, I don't I hate this man, by the way. I don't like him. Does anyone ever <laughs> like the commissioner of their league? It doesn't uh, seem like it. Doesn't but, seem that. The thing and also, that, it's not his fault. He's not in charge of this. He's not in charge of the media. Well, uh, he's not in charge. He's not in charge of what Apple TV puts on their shit. He's not in charge of what MLSsoccer.com chooses to market. But he's, he's the commissioner of, of the league. He has some sway. You can't come at, at very minimum. You need to have more self-awareness as a commissioner to not come out and say, it's ju- it's too easy and lazy for people to just write about Messi. There are so many other great stories. And then people go to MLSsoccer.com and the only thing on the front page, wall-to-wall, is Messi. Or you go to MLS Season Pass on Apple TV, where MLS is supposed to help produce content to feed the content machine on Apple TV. Oh, and someone are. someone highlighted that there's like two, 30-second to two-minute podcast snippets for every team, and the rest of it is, quote, all eyes on Messi. Dude, this so, is wild. They, they just put out a new docu-series. It's a four-episode situation. Yes, I'm part of the problem, because yes, I watched it all. <laughs> And yes, it was pretty great because it yeah. documented his World Cup victory in 2022. And that we all know that World Cup final was bananas. Uh, uh, Mbappe, bananas. Like, right. what a what a fun docuseries to watch. So I, I should suggest it. I know you won't do it because you're mad. Well, no, I'll watch. I, well, I'm mad. At, I'm mad at the Patriots documentary. I'm not going to watch it. Oh, yes. You're mad at the Patriots one. Oh. Uh, the messy stuff, you just kind of roll your eyes about it, right? Well, just because I think I get bothered by the talking out of both sides of the mouth. Because yeah. John Garber sitting here being like, look at all this other great stuff happening in the league. Yet they didn't expand the roster rules. They didn't add a fourth designated player. You have Apple executives, Eddie Q, one of the senior executives at Apple, who's publicly calling for other teams to sign more big-name players, but they can't because of the roster rules that MLS has put into place. And then MLS is complaining that there's too much focus, or Don Garber, I should say, is complaining that there's too much focus on Messi, yet MLS is sending Miami on an international preseason tour, causing diplomatic issues with Hong Kong because Messi doesn't play. They are having Inter-Miami charge the most expensive soccer season tickets in the entire world for soccer, not, not just MLS. Think about that. That's more than Manchester United. That's more than uh, Paris Saint-Germain. That's more than Borussia Dortmund. That's more than Bayern Munich, more than Manchester United, Liverpool, etc. It's Inter-Miami is the most expensive ticket, and they raised their season ticket prices by more than 150% year over year. And so you stadium can't... Uh, well, right. Their stadium is not even fun. It's not. They're going to build their new one. But I, I just like, look, Don, we know you signed Messi because you want to get all the cash out of Messi that you can. He's a cash cow and you're milking the teeth of Messi for all the money that you can. But then don't come at the media when they're covering Messi or do more to help support the game at a more local level. 
and maybe don't try to kill the oldest tournament in the history of U.S. soccer if you want to support and grow the game and create more storylines. Dude, I want to acknowledge, by the way, we might have a lot of new listeners right now. Who knows? New season, new listeners. Um, Welcome. This is what we do for the first 15 minutes. Uh, But dude, I remember going to the Miami and SKC game and we sat next to people who were just regular ass people, run of the mill. And they were so happy that Messi was not playing in that game because that's the environment they wanted to be in. They're like, it's just been crazy. And they've been outpricing everybody since Messi got here. And it's just become not fun for us as a family. And we're like, oh, my God, dude. These people get it, and they're not the only ones. And it's it's sad. It's truly sad that, that it's now going to be a classist situation. You want to watch the goat? You got to pay for the goat. Yeah, that sucks. And it's the same thing that's happening here when it comes to Arrowhead in April. It, the tickets are, are yeah. you know significantly more expensive. It, it's the same you price to get a two or three games at Mercy Park. Yeah. You want to see uh, Patrick Mahomes potential Taylor Swift sighting? You're going to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> to go see Messi at Arrowhead, it only is the cost of. Two games of parking at the current stadium. <laughs> Wild. That's where, dude. That's the biggest season ticket benefit I've ever had. That I did not have to pay extra for that. Yeah. So it's crazy. Will be. Uh, Will be interesting. Um, why don't we go ahead and let's take our break here, and we come back. We're gonna go ahead and we're gonna talk all about Sporting Kansas City Houston. Break down what happened in the draw. Is it good? Is it bad? Etc. So we'll take our break, and we'll be right back. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. kcsn.substack.com We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, I think it's I think it's important to everyone to know that uh, we're recording on the Lord's Day on a Sunday morning here, uh, because Nick and I just love you to death. So um, everyone, thank us for uh, you know accommodating Jimmy. And you know what yesterday was though? What's elimination up? chamber, bro? How oh, that is true. Did you have a good time? I enjoyed it. I, I you sent me a tweet where I think this is probably accurate, or it was like, yeah, it's probably one of the more predictable shows in the history of you know WWE live events. Um, which yeah. Everything that I thought would happen happened, but it was still a good time. I enjoyed it. A great time. Still enjoyable as hell. It had the moments. Everyone had their moments. Um, I, I just long too, right? I had a long freaking day in front of the television when you throw in a KU game and, and a sporting game later on. Yeah. Just long day. I saw someone say that like if you include the the kickoff show, it was like 
four hours and 40 minutes, but in that mm-hmm. time, there was only an hour and 50 minutes of actual wrestling. I did include the kickoff show and I, it, it, the replay, it says four hours and 10 minutes. Something Is like it? That. Okay. So maybe there was like longer breaks live oh, or something. But hundred percent. Yeah. They probably chiseled down some of those breaks. Yeah. So uh, it's, I mean, it's long, but I, I thought it was fun. I thought, you know, not that we're a wrestling podcast, but I thought maybe they could have they could have given Rhea Ripley a little bit more um, sort of shine in her match. She seemed like she kind of got the shit kicked out of her for most of the match, and then kind of pulled it off in the end, which I thought was a little weird. But it was up against uh, the the indomitable force or whatever, man. She, irresistible she uh, force. irresistible force. She's yeah. just a very large woman who is uh, strong <laughs> as hell. And Rhea Ripley's butt out for the entirety of that match. That did happen. There was no wrestling happening. Everyone was, <laughs> people were, people were posting pictures of moments and they were, they would say things like, oh, I can't believe they made the ropes white in the ring. Yeah. And it's like, I know you're not posting about the ropes. <laughs> dirty, <laughs> dirty man. <laughs> Everyone was like, this is a great submission hold. Shut the fuck up. You're not talking about submission. <laughs> uh, but it was a good time. I enjoyed it. So watch wrestling for the athleticism though, not for the butts. Well, I mean, there was some pretty good athleticism in, in some of those matches, so. 100%. Yeah, it's stuff that I wouldn't want to do. That's for sure. Yeah, my dad's not allowed to watch wrestling because his wife's like, you ain't watching these women. And he's like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, what? Like he knows them or something? A lot better than it used to be back in when we were kids. 100%. I think that's why they're hyper-focused on that. Like, yeah. no, it's yeah. basically like soft core. And it's I mean, like, last of the day. It's way different. It was, but um, let's talk about this game. Uh, leading into this game, we talked about this last week, there was a definite opportunity for Sporting KC at minimum to get points and probably uh, potentially a win. Uh, if you look at the injury report for Houston coming into this game, uh, no Sebastian Ferreira, their striker. He got injured um, in the midweek game as part of the CONCACAF Champions Cup. No Hector Herrera, their best player, midfielder. Um, no Nelson Quinones, it's one of their other attackers. And Amin Bassi, he's not on the injury report. He's one of their best midfielders. He's out for off-the-field issues. I don't know exactly what's going on there, but they mentioned it briefly, and, and he was not available. So that's four of Houston's best players that were not available in this game. And in terms of sporting Kansas City, if you look at the injury report, it had libeled Johnny Daniel on there, but we knew they were going to play. It's really just Logan and Denbe and Kyrie Shelton who are the only two people that potentially get consistent minutes that were out. So I went into this game thinking kind of like we talked about last week that this was a real opportunity for sporting to capitalize on a short week for Houston uh, 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 a shorthanded Houston due to injuries and then I saw the lineups that came out and I was like yeah sporting's 11 is better than this Houston 11 I don't know what were you thinking leading up to this game and when you saw the first roster uh, starting 11 come out for the year I mean starting 11 I was like what year is this I mean these are these are our guys right these are our dogs from last year man it is what it is and you know what also not a bad thing. Don't think I'm saying that uh, in a poor way because that's the team that got shit done towards the second half of the season, you know? So why not roll with it? Um, so that was my first instinct. Uh, my second instinct, I was I was dabbling in uh, MLS 360 on M- MLS season pass. And I, I I didn't mess with that at all last year. Never looked at it once. Didn't really? know, yeah, didn't know anything about it, really. I heard kind of ups and downs. Like people were like, I like this, but I don't like this. Um, so I had that on my phone. And it was always kind of neat when something happened and then like, boom, we're on, you know, MLS 360. Um, but it was a fun, it's a fun way to see all the games that are happening at the same time. And it seems like the format is there's a couple earlier games mm-hmm. that aren't in, that aren't part of this. And then mm-hmm. there's like 630 through 930 where they do MLS season or 360. Yeah. And then the 930 game is not part of that, right? Yeah. So if there's just a single game on at once, they don't do it. Yeah. But if multiple games on and, and yeah you're right it's usually for us that's let's like the 6 30 to 9 30 window um and then yeah there was the late game i think it was portland colorado on saturday night yeah part of 360 because it was the only game on and they won't do that on sunday which is today when we're recording uh, i think there's like three games at three different times correct um i think it's really neat though because i remember back in the day man i used to be uh streaming on the mls app or espn plus or wherever fox sports and i would have my laptop going Something on my TV, yeah. something on my phone, something on my iPad, and don't really have to do that anymore with this MLS 360. And while I wasn't listening to like their commentary or anything, I, I can't say how good or bad that is. It is a pretty neat, uh, 
platform, I guess. Yeah, that was, I think, commentary was the biggest complaint last year for MLS 360. Honestly, the commentary was the biggest complaint across MLS season past last year, Bro. I would say. And it wasn't much better last night. Um, they were saying crazy things that just were were factually inaccurate. Let's talk about that. <laughs> um, at one point, they said uh, that Eric Tommy um, wasn't in the mix as much, quote unquote, last season for Sporting Kansas City because there was a missed pass between Jake Davis. Jake thought Tommy was going to turn left. Tommy ended up going right. It was a miscommunication. And... Uh, um, yeah, the the play by play commentator said, you know, well, you know, that's just that'll come with with playing together because Eric Tommy quote wasn't in the mix as much last season, and so I was like, that does that's not right. I don't know the specific stats, but I know that's not right. So I went and looked up the specific stats. And uh, last year, Eric Tommy started 32 out of 34 league games. He made an appearance in all 34 league games and played more than 2,600 minutes. So yeah, he was I- very much in the mix. <laughs> And what were they? What were they talking about? Us having like some some leader, some veteran leadership on the bench? Who the hell are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's like, a, you know, like who? No one's been in. Like, I don't know. These aren't at, household names at this point. Um, the the two most veteran people on on the bench, honestly, are Memo Rodriguez and Felipe Hernandez. And Memo, this was literally his first game with Sporting Kansas City. Yes, and and while we're talking about first games, I think it's fair to say, was that a debut patch on Elenis Vargas's kit? Yes, I saw that. Uh, I, I I need to look into that more. It looked like uh, maybe if you're making your MLS debut, if you're in the 18 for the first time, they put a little debut patch. And I don't know if that's one of those things where like now he can keep it for later. It's like a keepsake or so. I don't know. I've never seen that before. I thought that was interesting. Did they get orange slices after the match as well? What well, I, <laughs> I saw it and I go, "What? Tell us, tell us it's his debut without telling us it's his debut." <laughs> yeah, so it was it was interesting. Um, in terms of of the actual game, it's, best, bro. it started off very slow and very rusty for both teams. There, this was um, I had hoped that Sporting would be able to come out and sort of pick up where they left off because if you remember last year, and they talked about this a little bit. Um, Sporting actually didn't play poorly at Houston in the playoff game. We lost 1-0. There was that handball that probably should have been called as a penalty kick that wasn't. Um, they played well. And I was hoping that, well, you know, largely the same 11. Hopefully that we can come back and just kind of pick up where we left off. And I would say that to call it rusty might be an understatement. There was defense had okay moments, then had some absolutely dreadful moments. The offense just simply could not get anything going for the vast majority of the game. Look, uh, I, w- I would absolutely toast to uh, Andre Fantas, man. I, I, w- I the guy has uh, the guy had a hell of a game. Was in the right place at the right time. Every time I could see. Okay, Andre Fantas. Well, since you said toast, I'm going to do it now. I was going to do it later, but you, you said uh, toast. So let's go ahead and do it now. We're doing a new thing this year. Um, partnership oh. with. With Holiday Distillery, obviously Holiday is a great partner of, of Kansas City Sports Network, and they got all sorts of different um, drinks and liquors and, and such that that you can go out there and, and try uh, try out, taste. I've I've had their whiskey; it's it's really good. Um, something I have not tried before until now: uh, Five Farms Irish Cream. They help import this from Ireland, and so we're gonna do every week a toast of the game. We're calling it. In partnership with Holiday, do we have to agree on the toast, or do our different toasts? We can we can each have our own toast, but hey, if you want a toast, I, I got my coffee, so I got my Irish cream in the coffee. So if you want a toast of the game to Andreu Fontes, then let's go ahead and have Andreu Fontes be our <laughs> our inaugural I, toast of the game for Sporting Kansas City. I got my sixty four ounce Nalgene water bottle. <laughs> so toast to uh, toast Andreu Fontes, because I mean, yeah, in terms of of defensive players. Um, he was probably the best on the back line. And I think it was important that we had him sort of as, as somewhat of a steady hand because, or steady foot, I should say, because Rosero, he makes me nervous when he's got the ball at his feet. Jake, he found himself out of position at times. And Tim Leibel just needs to be better about playing uh, out of the back and, and playing under pressure. Yep. So, so. Tafonte. Tafonte, our first ever <laughs> host of the game for Sporting Kansas City. There it is. And check out, I, mean, I, I didn't know they did this, but it's really good. Check out the Five Farms Irish Cream. Uh, probably the best Irish Cream you can get out there. And it's straight from Ireland. So go check it out. So pretty okay. cool. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just thought that the first, 
20, 30 minutes in particular, I was like, I'm, I'm not overreacting, but I was like, this is not how I wanted it to go. And then in the 41st minute, 42nd minute, uh, things almost turned to a disaster for Sporting Kansas City. Um, Houston was was playing the ball around quite a bit. And then uh, Brad Smith, the fullback, just kind of found himself wide open in the left side of the box. Um, you had Johnny who was kind of guarding him near the top of the box. And then you see Brad Smith kind of peel off the left shoulder of Johnny, but you see Johnny point to his left. And I you can't hear but I assume he's saying something, trying to communicate to Jake Davis, who's standing in front of Brad Smith, because um, Brad Smith peels off, Jake doesn't pick him up, and then Brad Smith, to his credit, perfectly placed header right into the yeah. corner, and Johnny immediately looks at, at Jake and just starts like yelling and pointing. So See, this was a missed assignment, it would seem. Uh, missed assignment from the, uh, 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 the ref. Uh, that didn't call. <laughs> that didn't call offsides like sixty seconds prior to that. Yeah, it, like this so, is where VAR comes into play, and it's yeah. like, I'm glad they got that. And I was like, well, the guy doing the header wasn't offsides. It had to have been way earlier in the buildup. Yeah. Why? When, why? I don't get it. Well, and it was honestly, um, that's one that probably should have been called live. I know sometimes they wait to let the play play out, but Coco Carasquilla, one of the better players on the Houston Dynamo was almost a full, I would say, two yards offside in the buildup. It happened probably 30, 40 seconds before the goal. It happened long enough before the goal that I actually questioned if they were still going to consider it part of the attacking phase of play. Clearly. Because the only reason I think it did is because Houston never lost possession and never left the attacking third between when Karaskia was offside and when Brad Davis scored. So Sporting got a little lucky. But you could also see that every single uh, member of the back line and a couple of midfielders on Sporting, when Karaskia got that ball, they all instantly raised their hand for this. Like it was emphatic. They knew that was that wasn't a close one. That was offside, and it was blatant. I got to point out that you just said Brad Davis. Uh, it's it's Brad Smith. I say Brad Davis. Uh, Brad Smith. Well, Brad Davis. Brad Davis. Was an annoying Brad for Houston for a long time. A lot of Brads out there that know Chads and Brads. We don't Chads, like them. Dads and Brads. <laughs> Don Garber. Oh, my so, God, dude. Um, but okay, so yes, it was it was called offside. Um, it did not count, but it did make me a little nervous. Again, first game, Jake, you could argue, is still learning the position, even though he's got closer to a full season under his belt now. That's the type of thing where I would like to see that figured out a little bit more. Clearly, Jake thought Johnny was going to stick with whoever Johnny was guarding. Clearly, Johnny thought Jake should appeal back, and he was a little bit too close to Rosero in the box. Um, I don't know. It, it just it made my chest tighten, and I was like, okay, I guess it's a good thing that it was called back because this can be a film for a learning opportunity. But I don't know, man. That one that one made me nervous. I'm tired of getting scored on with headers, and, and th- it happened twice this game, essentially. One counted later on that we'll talk about, but like, it sucks, dude. It just shows you're not, you know, you're not on your person. Mm-hmm. You're not marking your guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy snuck in and, and got it done, and that just sucks to see. And you want to say Jake's still learning the role, but no, dude. No, he had damn near a whole season. The man knows the role, and I think he would probably say the same thing, right? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I'm, I 100%, I don't think Jake would, would say anything about other than I need to do better there. And I think Peter would probably say the same thing. Yeah, we, we need to do better there. Peter did have an interesting quote um, after the game where um, he was he was talking about the goals. Um, well, he was talking largely about the the goal that was given up in in the second half that we'll we'll talk about here in just a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, his quote said that uh, defensively on the back line we just never really paid attention quickly to where their guys were trying to penetrate from. And I know he was talking specifically about the goal that Leibold gave up, or I say Leibold because I blame Leibold that um, that they gave up in the second half. But I think the same thing is said for this first goal that got called back. Again, there was a, a, a penetrating run from Brad Smith, and um, it was just a little bit of lack of awareness uh, from from Jake Davis, who probably should have picked it up. So, um, first half ends. It's zero zero. Nothing really of note. Um, Houston, by and large, ha- had the majority of the possession uh, throughout the first half. Uh, I can't say I was 
feeling like terribly nervous, but I certainly wasn't feeling great because it felt like Houston started to dominate a little bit more at the end of the first half. Yeah, it started to feel that way, right? Uh, they had a lot more possession, it seemed, for a bit. Um, it just got a little scary. And and you're thinking, like, I don't know if we protect this lead, man. If, if we don't score another, I'm not sure we win this game. Well, and even at halftime, it was still 0-0. We hadn't even scored yet. It was just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit rough. And then... Um, I was it, happy for the nil-nil at the half. That was like, cool, man, start over, regroup, let's go. Yeah, so f- 15 minutes or so go by in the second half. And, and again, not much of note. Johnny got a card because he was mad at the official because there was a shot for a handball, and then Houston restarted play so quickly that there wasn't even really a chance to check it. And this is, I think, part of these replacement refs. Like Typically, I think a, 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 a regular pro referee there, as much we, as we dislike him, might have said, hold on for a second. I'm getting something in my ear. Yeah. Um, I'm at, they're at least checking. He didn't really do that. Uh, but in the 59th minute, Peter Vermees made some subs. And this was a little bit, a lot of people were surprised. What? They're like, whoa, hold on. We're getting two subs before the 60th minute. And it's interesting who he pulled off here. And I want to get your thoughts. It's a 0 0 game. We're on the road trying to get points. And the two people that got subbed off are Alan Polito and Johnny Russell, arguably your two best attacking players, for Willie Agata and Steven Afrifa. So were you surprised that, one, we saw subs in the attacking fa- well, anywhere, but especially in the attacking phase before the 60th minute, and then it was Polito and Russell? I was surprised until they started kind of connecting up there and kind of showing a little spark. And I was like, Afrifa and Agata? Dude, if that could be like a Bash Brothers super sub type thing. <laughs> You know, like the double A's, man, calling the calling the batteries. You know, our little battery pack that comes in and at the at the sixty minute mark. Like I'm all about it yeah. because a free for looked like, hey, I'm supposed to be here. He, and Agata did Agata things. He's he's strong and up there up front, and I liked him. Yeah, a free definitely was making runs. He was playing on the right side. He he had been playing left side more in uh in preseason um, at times, but. Afrifa and Agata were, were two players that Peter had kind of said in the preseason. These guys have been in form. They've showed a lot. They both were scoring goals. Willie was the penalty taker. And so I wasn't surprised to see them get minutes. I think I was surprised to see it happen at the 60th minute. Sure. And Peter said after the game that just flat out Johnny and Allen are not 90 minutes fit yet. So that's why it wasn't necessarily a pre-planned sub pattern, but he just thought that that was the time to take him out they he didn't think they would be able to keep going at the rate they needed to i understand the johnny sub the man runs his ass off he's all over the place but alan i find myself watching alan a lot of the time mm-hmm. and he really picks his moments and he does not overexert any unnecessary ener- energy watch him run too man he runs with like straight arms down his body just he does to- i've noticed this yeah yeah and it's like, dude, that's to not overexert and serving his energy. energy. Yeah. Um, and I'm all about that, dude, if he was scoring goals, I guess. But <laughs> I didn't think he, uh, you know, 90 minutes fit. I don't know what that means for Allen as opposed to what that means for Johnny. They, they're two different kinds of players. Yeah, it's I, I kind of I go back and forth with the not being 90 minutes fit thing yet to start the year, because there's a part of you that's like, well, yeah, they haven't really played full games. They got to get in the swing of things. They got to condition themselves. They're not in midseason form. Then there's another part of me that's like, it's also the first game of the year. You shouldn't have injuries yet. You should have had all this training camp to hopefully get into at least something resembling 90 minutes fit. So I don't know. It was a, I was caught off guard, but it clearly made some form of a difference because just like two minutes after those subs came on, even though neither Afrifa nor Agata had a direct hand in this goal, um, Afrifa made a good run down the right side that Eric Tommy tried to spring him on. Tommy didn't quite make the pass well enough, and so Houston had to just clear the ball defensively because Afrifa was was barreling down on the ball, and Willie was making a run into the box. Houston tries to clear the ball. It falls to Eric Tommy close to midfield. Eric Tommy's like, okay, well, I'm going to just take this um, and just start running with it. And most of us probably expected to have him lay it off uh, to the left side to Daniel because Daniel was wide open. You had both Agata and Afrifa making runs into the box. Well, for some reason, nobody on Houston decided to actually step to Eric Tommy, and he goes, I guess I'm just going to shoot. And he nutmegs a dude, goes right through his legs, puts it right past the Houston goalkeeper, perfectly places the ball, 1-0 Sporting KC. I watched this a few times, my man. That's me doing 
Archer, Bo, right there. Archer. Eric Tommy. Yeah. He's our little uh, he's our little Katniss Everdeen, Eric Tommy is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is what uh, I do every time Eric Tommy scores. I'm going to kiss those three fingers. I'm going to put him up. The, the little mocking Jay, yeah. Um, but I don't know. This this was interesting. I there, There's a couple of things I like about this play. One, that Eric made that run and was like, hey, I'm confident enough that if they're not going to step to me, let me just pick this ball out and score. That's all well and good for me. I don't that's think that's sustainable necessarily, as you can see by the XG that Sporting had across the goal, uh, across the game. But hey, it worked. The other thing I like, though, about this is if you look at the positions of the other three attackers around Eric Tommy, let's say he did lay it off to Daniel Shallowy. You have Willie Agata crashing the far post. So if Daniel wants to put a cross into the far post, he's there. You have Eric, who could have followed up and been near post. And you have Steve. This is the one that I like the most, which is great for a younger player because this didn't happen much last year. You had Steven Afrifa trailing behind into the box as a late runner, which would have given Daniel another option farther back in the box, or he would have been there in case there was a deflection. So you had four people in the box, uh, uh, the guy with the ball, and then three people that he had an option to pass to, which was not a case a lot of times last year, especially early on. The thing that we said most last year was there are no runners in the box, just people trying to take hero balls. So even though this kind of was a hero ball shot, it wasn't because there weren't any options available. It was just that was the option Houston presented him. Man, sometimes those shots that probably shouldn't be taken, like it's a risk, right? Uh, the, the chances of, of making that shot are very low, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, going across the face of goal, one. Going between the legs of a player, two. And just kind of catching Steve Clark off, off guard because Steve Clark might have gotten it. Steve Clark's pretty quality, as much as I hate to say it. Yeah, The man's a decent goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, and we didn't test him for shit, bro. He only had to make like one save where Tim Mealy had to make like four. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't wasn't a great showing offensively outside of this, but you're absolutely right. Eric Tommy, um, he caught uh, Steve Clark off guard. He clearly did not see that shot coming. He was late to react, and it was a, it was a great position by Eric Tommy. So 1-0, 61st minute. Uh, you were, you were saying a few moments ago that you, you weren't necessarily comfortable just leaving it at one zero. You thought if we were going to win, we were going to have to score another goal. Yeah. What are we going to bunker in like with almost 30 minutes left? I mean, it just couldn't, not going to happen. And Houston's going to come, man. They, 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 they sparked it up. They, they had some runs coming. Yeah. I I mean, I, I, there was a part of me that thought Peter might try to bunker it in, honestly, because Houston was missing some of their best attacking players. We had already taken out some of our best attacking players. Um, so 1-0, Houston's a tough place to play. If you bunker it in, okay, worst case, maybe you give up a goal um, and you come out of there with a, with a point, but at least you're not opening yourself up to a cheap goal. Uh, well, turns out it didn't really matter because, like, what, eight minutes later, um, Houston ended up tying it up because, again, there was just a little bit of lackadaisical defending by uh, Sporting Kansas City. Tim Leibold's kind of running around. Um, Brad, C- or, excuse me, not Brad, Gabe Siegel for, for Houston. Um, it's just kind of unmarked in between um, Rodoya, in between Fonte, in between Tommy, in between Leibold. Leibold's the one who can see him, and Siegel starts making his run to the back post, and Leibold, I'm not sure he could have gotten there or not, but he didn't even make an attempt to get there. And then Siegel just heads a free ball in um, right at the line. You see Leibold kind of look to Fontis and say, hey, what's the deal there? So clearly Leibold thought Fonti should have been the one to pick him up. And 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 maybe he should, but um, he might have been a little bit too close to Rosero. But Rosero was having to slide out to cover for Davis. Fonti was having to slide in to cover for, for uh, Rosero. So I would have liked to see Leibold move in some. But 1-1, I- 69th minute. I was a little nervous now. Let me tell you about a thing I don't like. I don't like when players get on other players for things. Um, whether it's Johnny on Jake, whether it's uh, uh, Tim Leibold on Fontas, you're all professional athletes. You know what happened. You know your job. You know who who missed it. You don't got to point them out on national TV <laughs> and, and and let them know that they fucked up. Like, I mean, I don't know. Johnny didn't need to yell at Jake and lay into him like that, even though the goal didn't count. Um, I, I don't like that, I guess. It depends for me. Um, this libeled Fonty one is a little bit more strange to me than, than the Johnny Jake one. The Johnny Jake, watch film. 
they're going to watch film and call it out anyways. Sure, but like for the Johnny Jake one, let's say when he, the reason that one doesn't bother me as much is because you see him pointing and presumably communicating in that moment to Jake, "Hey, get this guy." Yeah, it doesn't happen, and that guy puts the ball in the back net, even though it didn't count. So if I'm Johnny in that moment, especially as the captain, and this is a young guy, I'm like, "Hey, I told you you need to cover him." This now the ball's in the back of the net. We got another fifty plus minutes left in this game. Listen, so when I'm communicating to you, that doesn't happen again. True. That part more, doesn't bother me. Tim Leibold was more like, uh, why did you do that? Tim Leibold just got my like, job. What the heck, man? Yeah, I, I'm not into it. Uh, and I'm not convinced that was Fonty's error and not Leibold's error. The other one was I'm, cut and dry. I'm not either, man. I, I, I do have uh, worries about Tim Leibold. I don't know if he's the guy over there, um, but I don't think we have someone who is that's not an injured Logan and Denbe, or dare I, I should say a recovering Logan and Denbe. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I But they also, I'm not going to read too much into this fucking game. No, 100%. This like, is, I, I, yeah. we got a road draw, and you celebrate that. You'd be happy with that, especially if we turn around and whoop some Philadelphia ass at home next week. Yeah, absolutely. Or this um, week. I assume you guys are listening on Tuesday. It's Sunday because we got up for Jimmy because we love him. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be out of town. Um, Zoran Basong did come in in, in the 76 minute for Leibold. He, he looked fine, I guess. Um, it's hard to know in, in 14 minutes. Um, MLSsoccer.com is wrong and still is wrong at the time of this recording. They say Felipe no Hernandez came in for Eric Tommy. Uh, Felipe Hernandez did not come in for Eric Tommy. It was Memo Rodriguez. So, seems a little racist. MLSsoccer.com. Get that fixed. Um, goodness. Memo, it was his first um, game was Sporting Kansas City. Um, and especially back in Houston, he got booed loudly on the broadcast when he touched the ball first. But that was weird to me because he did not choose to leave Houston. Houston cut him. So it wasn't like he was like double middle fingers on the way out. And he was like, yeah, this is my hometown. I, I like Houston. Um, I had a great time here. So that was kind of odd to me. So why'd they boo? I mean, when, 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 I don't know, we never booed Matt Beasler. right? Absolutely not. And now uh, Memo's not on a Beasler level, but, no. but still. We don't play there for a good bit. Right. We didn't boo Ilya when he came back. We all were like, I just want to give you a hug. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? Cornrows. Cornrows, bro. He has fucking (laughs) cornrows. Is that weird? You sent me that picture. I was like, oh, what? Well, he vacationed in the summer in Jamaica. That's a real thing. So did he really? Yeah. People do this. People <laughs> go to Jamaica and come back with like braids and and jewels in their hair. Don't don't tempt me. I'll go to Jamaica, my friend, and I'll come no, back. No, don't do it. It's not it's not a good look. For you. I'll be like, what love, baby? No, don't do that. Don't do that. And Ilya shouldn't have done it either. But I don't know. Maybe it's to keep his hair out of his face. I don't know. But no, there, bro. My hair's out of my face right now. Look, <laughs> quite the ponytail I got going on. It's pretty easy. Yeah. So I don't know. Ilya's hair was wild, but uh, I don't know. I just that was weird to me that they were booing Memo as loudly as they were. I don't like that. Uh, like like you said, it's not like he said "fuck you" and left. He was told hey your service is no longer required and he went out and got a new job as right. you want to do <laughs> right the only the only thing i can think of is like he spent a little time with austin now he's with skc like these are kind of houston rivals but like that's not his fault no so what was he what what there's no release clause when they're like we release you from the team but uh, you have to go sign with an eastern conference team now right what? that's not how it works it's not a thing so um, overall performance, Houston dominated possession. Houston doubled our shots 12 to 6. Um, in terms of expected goals, Houston far and away um, outdid Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City, depending on where you looked, had anywhere between like a 0.16 XG all the way up to 0.3, I think, on MLS soccer. Um, and Houston had about a goal to a goal and a quarter. So probably if you look at the way that the game played out and the stats, it's it's a, a favorable result for Sporting Kansas City to come out of there with a yeah. point, and it's a road point. So I'm going to bitch about it all day because I'm going to say, ah, I could have had this, could have had that, but you still got a point on the road, and at the end of the day, that matters a lot mm-hmm. in this league. And uh, at this point, we have uh, uh, half of our total point total for February and March last year. Ha. <laughs> so, <laughs> we can okay. match it on Saturday with a draw or surpass it with a win. Bro, I'm ready to make history with a win this Saturday. Yeah, and it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a tough game because the Philadelphia Union are a very, very difficult team. 
Um, now they tied the Chicago Fire at home this week, two um, two, and there's questions as to how good Chicago will actually be this year. They've, they've added some good pieces. It's hard to trust the Fire. Um, Philly is obviously supposed to be one of the better teams in the league, um, but this was a, this was a two two offensive minded game that Philly played. If you look at the expected goals, Philly had two point one six to one point six nine for Chicago, and Philly had to come back twice in this game. Chicago scored first. Philly responded in the second half. Chicago scored again in the 82nd minute. And then Philly replied uh, with a stoppage time goal to ultimately end up with a draw. So what this tells me is Sporting's defense may have some work cut out for them on Saturday. The offense is going to have to have a better showing than they did against Houston in order to to get a result out of this game. Yep. And a one-goal lead will never be enough against Philly. Philly scares me. Philly has been on this resurgence over the last half decade decade or so, um, you know, making MLS Cup, uh, being in the playoff conversation every year. It's it's interesting to me. Um, we'll see what happens, man. A four goal showing Philadelphia and Chicago. That's sounds like a fun game, really. Just by it, the draw, it is. Yeah, I um, not as fun as Portland had though. Uh, Portland good or Colorado bad? Uh, that's my question. Well, at one point, if you uh, if you looked at the XG, Portland had four goals uh, at the time. Portland had four goals, and Colorado had zero. And Portland's expected goals were zero point three. Oh, so they were like exponentially outperforming their XG. I think it's a combination of Portland's probably decent, Colorado probably not decent. Um, but can you imagine if you're Zach Steffen coming back to you know fanfare? At one point, you're the future of the U.S. Men's National Team at goalkeeper. You get sold to Manchester City. That doesn't really work out. So Colorado's like, final, we'll sign you back here. And in your first game with the team, you go down 4-0 in the first half. I'm sure you don't want to let in four goals uh, if you're any goalkeeper. But Zach Steppen, that pressure was on, and that uh, that sucks. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, It was it was not great. Um, this this Philly game... Scary. I, I am nervous about this game. If you look at... Um, the players that they have on their team, Carranza, Gazdag, Kai Wagner, um, you know, Glesnes is a very capable defender. Um, Martinez at the defensive uh, midfielder spot. This is a good team. Jim Curtin's a good coach. He's been around the league for a long time. He and Vermees know each other very well. Um, and Philly is one of the favorites in the East, right up there alongside uh, Columbus and Miami. You know, I'm not as high on Miami as a lot of other people are, um, as a potential uh Eastern Conference champion. This is, um, it's not a Western Conference game, which is good for, for sporting. It is a home game, which is good for sporting. Um, but this is as much as of a statement game, I guess, as you could have in, in the second game of the season. Um, it sounds a little over dramatic to say that game two is a statement game. But given how the first 10 games of last season went, sporting almost need to, to make a statement in this game at home against a good Eastern Conference team get a win and say, hey, this is not the 2023 Sporting KC team. This is a 2024 team, and we're different. It'd be nice, man. Feels like we got to hop on them early. should be a gorgeous day. Um, spring is among us. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's it's um, it's certainly going to be a tough one. Um, I'd like to see Johnny and Alan and Daniel get a little bit more... Um, cohesion. Cohesion. That's a great word for it. Um I will say it, it, it is encouraging that at one point Peter Vermees felt confident enough in his subs that we subbed out basically the entire front four against Houston in a game where a result was not secure. We went from having Daniel, Allen, Johnny, and Eric Tommy in the midfield as the attacking midfielder as, as the front four to Afrifa, um, Willy Agata, Alinas Vargas, and Memo Rodriguez as the front four. And Peter said that the difference between this year and last year is the people who are going to be playing this year, the young guys who are going to be playing this year, have earned that time as opposed to last year where maybe there were people that didn't really earn it, but they had to play out of necessity. So I don't know, man. It, it is disheartening to show that the win's not secure, but your your top four guys are coming off the field. Sure. that That's certainly a way to look at it. Um, I think I was just thinking more, if I'm trying to be optimist, Optimist Jimmy here, which, you know, give me a few games before Pessimist Jimmy comes out. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> it's It says something that Peter Vermee, because the what, what was one of the biggest complaints about Peter last year or in years past is we don't use all our subs. We have these people available on the bench. Um, 
clearly the guys that are playing on the field look dead tired and we're not using our subs. This was almost the total opposite where people were like, why are we using subs so early? But hey, no one gives a shit about subs now. We just want to know why you hired that sporting director. <laughs> well, there, there still are questions about that. And yeah. I, unfortunately, I cannot be at, at Media Day this upcoming Tuesday. Um, I wish I were because I would I would ask like, hey, what's the deal with that uh, sporting director position? Are we still looking to fill it? Are you still the chief soccer off- operator, officer, whatever they called it? Are we reverting back to the front office structure of 2023? I'm going to I'm going to try to ask some of my my media friends to try to ask some of these questions for me and see if we can get some non answers that probably won't give us any more information. But I don't know. We'll see. I am curious. But I don't know. It is interesting. I think it's something to watch if if Peter Vermees will continue to to sub more and and against Philly, um, you know, this could be a high octane game. Um, you know, they they had 17 shots against Chicago, six on target, five big chances. Um, so 10 corners. That's the part that scares me. They had 10 corners and set pieces were our Achilles heel last year. If they get 10 corners or somewhere around there, if they get double digit corners against Sporting Kansas City, I would not be surprised to see a corner kick goal against Sporting KC on Saturday. Yeah, man, that's scary shit. I don't like that, but I, um, maybe I'll go out on a limb and say, I think sporting get a result of some sort. I'm not confident that we'll, I can sit here and say we will get a win because this is a very good Philly team. But yeah, let's just let's temper our expectations right now. Ten games. Peter said it again in a uh, 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 a little press conference. It takes about ten games to understand who you are. Did he really? I missed that. Did he really say? Uh, in like the the presser they do on like Fridays before games or something Thursdays or whatever it is. It is. It was mentioned. Nate Bucati and him went back and forth about it for a minute. So. Yeah, it's funny he's still saying that, given how the first 10 games went last year. Yeah, we don't believe you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I will say that I want to keep an eye on against uh, Philly is Sporting, at least through the first uh, half, really did not attack up the middle whatsoever. They only attacked down the wings. That's kind of what the problem was last year. There was no yeah. attack up the middle. That scares yeah. me a little bit. It is. That attack in the middle really starts with Alan Polito abandoning his forward position, and all of a sudden you're like, "Is Alan Polito a defensive mid?" Like, it's yeah, he'll just be in the midfield all of a sudden, just doing hold up play. It's like, bro, get up there and score. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you said, I, I know we're we're getting close to time here, but I I, I want to talk about this a little bit more because I think we, we got no constrictions, bro. We can go as long as we want. <laughs> we'll definitely see him against Philly. You liked what you saw from Stephen Afrifa in in his you know extended. Yeah. run on the way young dude man looking quick out there getting he looked fine right he didn't have if you look at the stats he didn't like i think he completed two passes only 25 percent of his passes so it's, that's that's not great from a pure stat standpoint we don't look at stats <laughs> peter said he thinks some of that might have been shocked up to nerves now the reason i'm not being like oh he was bad is because i liked the ideas that he was trying to do he was trying things that were different. He Yes, he had the ball out on the wing on the right side one time where he had like 75 miles of space in front of him that he could have looked fast. And he chose to to pass the ball to Agata. That's a film thing, like you said, where they'll look at it, say, see all this space? Next time, drive it toward the box. Thank you. Make the defender make a decision, and then you can either take it yourself or if the defender comes off to you, you can lay it off to Willie. That's that is experience. nerves at every level of soccer, bro. It's nerves. You might have all that space. But you might not recognize it unless your teammates yell at you, hey, you got space. Like, you don't really know it. So maybe not entirely his fault in that aspect, but as a professional, I'm sure he can see that he had space. Well, and sometimes space freaks you out a little bit more than it does if, if there's defenders in front of you because you're like, I didn't expect this. Hold on. I am I missing something? Like, I didn't, I didn't yeah. know what to do. So that that's an experience thing. He also had a really great play with Willie in the box later where – Willie sort of made an overlapping run, and, and uh, Afrifa tried to lay the ball off to him. It was just a little bit heavy touch, and Clark got there first. But the ideas I'm seeing between him and Willie, there's something there. So I want to keep watching that. I think, I think that could be a really great partnership. And Afrifa could be the first super draft pick we've had in a while to actually have meaningful playing time. And he's got some speed out there on that wing, man. And sometimes speed trumps stats. Could be. So <laughs> I'm excited for it. Uh, the, la- the last thing I do want to mention about this game I'm not sure I've seen this, at least in a game that I've watched myself, but in a certainly in a long time. We had a referee sub. 
bro. <laughs> and the ref subbed down. He ran into the corner flag. It hit him in the face, and he walked away doing this. He walked away rubbing his nose. He, uh, it was, it was the referee, the AR, uh, on Sporting KC side of the field in the second half. I, I was so confused because at one point they just show who we found out was the fourth referee is just running across the field, and I'm like, what is going on? Like. Is there like streaker? Didn't he? Is there something? Well, I, at this point, I didn't know. They didn't say. They just had a tight shot of the fourth official running across the field, and I was like, "Is there a fight? Is there a streaker or something wrong?" He's the, he's the streaker. The referee, the streaker. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> and then they were like, "Oh, looks like we're having a, a a referee change because yeah, the the AR pulled his hamstring." So that happens, though. I mean, come on, that they're susceptible to injury too, running up and down like that, doing sprints. I think it's just funny. It's not funny that someone hurt their hamstring, but it's funny in the context of the PSRA strike that's happening right now because these are already replacement refs. And they're there were some down. they're going down. There were some questionable decisions, the offside call there. There was an offside call in a Salt Lake game that was egregiously wrong. They called yeah. they called um someone offside in that game. Who was uh, uh Salt Lake playing yesterday? I forget. Uh, St. Louis. It was St. Louis, where they called someone, I believe it was a a, a St. Louis player offside and Instantly, everybody in St. Louis starts throwing their hands up, and and I was like, I'm I'm a little confused. In the clip I saw, it looks offside, but then the camera shifts a little bit, and there's another Salt Lake defender that's just so far back. The AR forgot he was there, and then there was a keeper. So the guy was like seven, eight yards onside, and the AR just didn't see the other defender because he was in the wrong spot. So the more things like this happen, the more the PSRA members are probably sitting at home being like, yes, good. Good. And he's working as we'd hoped. Keep making your mistakes <laughs> and pulling your muscles. <laughs> so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what if if these referees continue to be a story or not. Yeah. So. I'm so far so good. <laughs> um is there anything else that's that you wanted to to talk about or, or touch on? I mean, in terms of other games that happened, like you said, Portland 4-1 over Colorado, even though that probably shouldn't have been the scoreline. Christian Benteke for D.C. United scored a hat trick. Yes, that's exciting. Uh, I want to touch on that the CONCACAF Champions Cup is in full swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a fun little tournament, and all MLS teams won this week mm-hmm. um, over their respective competitors, and really two MLS teams had to play each other, St. Louis and Houston. <laughs> so, of course, an MLS team won. But every other game, you know, Philadelphia beats Aprisa. New England beat CAI. Uh, Orlando beat Calvary. I had to look up a lot of these teams, by the way. I was like, who are these teams? I had no idea. Uh, yeah. Nashville beat Mocha FC. Great name. In Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati beat Cavalier FC. Yeah. Now, Miami played Salt Lake midweek. Did you see Messi dri- dribble over that guy who was on the ground? It was the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen on the soccer field. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And I, and I don't mean that poorly. I just like Messi did what he had to do in that moment. And it, the, the game's thing, going on. The right. whistle's not blowing anything dead. You keep going. The only thing that would have made it better is if he then went on the score, and that would have been goal of the year already. I would have said it's the first game of the year, give him goal of the year already. It's just the way he did it. I'm not even sure he had to dribble that way. I, I almost think in his mind he was like, I'm about to make a viral moment. <laughs> but just the way that he, I mean, it looks effortless how he yeah. does it. He just scoops this ball perfectly where it goes like, an inch over the guy's body drops right back down perfectly, and he just keeps his run like nothing ever happened. And I was like, "This dude's laying down." At first, I thought the guy got hit in the groin because he was kind of holding. It was near wrist injury, but he was holding it down there. I was like, "This dude just got hit in the penis," and Messi's coming by, and he's like, "Whoop, hold on!" And he's just scooting right out over him. But dude, uh, first off, <laughs> how come they don't train these players that if you're hurt, wherever you're hurt, hold your head. That's the only way you're going to get a referee. To blow his whistle to play the ball dead. If your ankles hurt, hold your head. But this man's on the ground and will forever be posterized yeah. in this moment. And I'm I'm kind of here for it, bro. Yeah, it was great. It, it, it was really funny. Uh, some, some MLS games to point out, man. Columbus, defending champions, start out as undefeated. 1-0 Atlanta. Looked pretty good. Uh, LAFC Seattle, I was kind of rooting for more of an uh, asteroid to hit the uh, stadium instead of a, a victory, but LAFC won, I guess. LAFC Cornrow Elliott. Cornrow Elliott. <laughs> you know, uh, Orlando, Montreal, bo- bored people to death. Uh, Minnesota went and ro- won on the road at Austin. 
soft mentality. Salt Lake. Salt Lake about got it done in St. Louis, but St. Louis was able to salvage a draw there. So St. Louis, I don't want to say many nice things about them. They did have a really cool display in the stands. You know, it said like round two because their second season said second funny, season. and it was um, it was across the entire stadium. It looked really cool. You can see pictures oh. online. It was a, a stadium wide TIFO type deal. Um, so that was really Check cool. That out. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, decent week overall, man. We're back in action. We're back in action. And I don't, I don't think St. Louis is going to be able to replicate what they did last year. You know, and I, I highly recommend, uh, you guys, if you're just fans of the league in general, I mean, watch this CONCACAF champions cup. I think it's mm-hmm. on Fox sports. Um, it's really you fun seeing these other, yeah, if you can get Fox sports, find someone who has cable and, and suck up to them. But it's uh it's fun to watch and you root for your league, man. You get you know you kind of you might hate these teams, but I'll find myself cheering on in Orlando when I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's fun. What a week, man. We're back, full swing. We're back and we're moving, man. We got a we got a home game, seven thirty. We'll see you guys out there. Home game, Children's Mercy Park. Let's show up. Let's be loud. I assume this will be the first time we see the new uh, Argyle kits in action. I think so. I'm like, I was thinking last night, for a brief second, I go, why wouldn't we wear the new kits? And Marissa's like, well, they're probably waiting until the home game. And I was like, you're smart. I knew I loved you. Yeah, because they could, I mean, it probably actually might have been a little bit more differentiation between the orange kits, having the dark blue, but but she's 100% right. It's They want to debut it at home. It's going to be cool, man. And like I said, last time I checked, weather's supposed to be in like the 70s. Of -hmm. course, that could change, but like, gorgeous time. Yeah. Going to be great. So thank you all so much for listening. We're back, man full swing so we back let's uh make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review on apple Podcasts if you have not yet done so we read them on air if you're a new listener and you're just minding us leave us leave us a five-star rating and review we'll shout you out we'll read it uh make sure you follow us on twitter at no other pod at dan Kuzer, at jc mac zero three you can shoot us an email no other pod at gmail.com or uh check us out on youtube if that's your thing kcsn soccer on youtube or via the kansas city sports network app but until next time he's dan i'm jimmy we'll catch y'all later see ya this chief's hoodie makes me feel like a winner brother thank you for listening to kc sports network we appreciate your support don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.